Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, afternoon drive. Goodman Davis, or Goodman Davis. I just read Todd Davis's name on the on the uh, show notes. Is, I, I'm not. Are I'm you not, trying I'm to not, send me a message here about no, how you're, you're trying part. to zigging me with uh, Todd no, Davis? I'm not. We'll have Todd on later in the show. This is Goodman and Mason, right? Last I checked. Last I checked as well. <laughs> Welcome to the show. That's what the promos say. Yeah. By the way, by the way, if you want to reach us, you can do so on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber, the public go to rmfp.com. We have a, I don't want to call it breaking news. It came out about a, I don't know, 90 minutes ago, but at the end of the day, I think this is some substantial stuff. And with that, time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, according to longtime sportscaster Jordan Schultz, and he has certainly a lot of good sources, uh, Russell Wilson would strongly consider waiving his no-trade clause to three teams. The Giants, the Saints, and the Broncos. By the way, he did not put the Eagles on the list, but it is my understanding the Eagles are on his list as well. And I think Schultz has mentioned the Eagles before in a previous report regarding... Where Russ may want to go. With that, our friend Benjamin Albright of KOA has confirmed all of this. So, if this indeed is the case, that Wilson has said, okay, I'll go to four teams, Broncos being one of them, what do the Broncos need to do to make themselves the front runners for Wilson? Or should we get to that after we kind of spell out what all of the other teams have to offer? Let's spell out what the other teams have to offer because, look, there's an obvious need that the Broncos have a quarterback, but to assume the Broncos could simply snap their fingers and get Russell Wilson if they wanted him is a little bit naive at this point. Okay, so if you would allow me to spell this out. Please do. Okay. Also, I want to add, my understanding is, essentially, the Broncos and the Saints are the two lead horses in this. And then you have the Giants and then the Eagles. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, Russell Wilson would probably prefer to come here but if he has four teams on a list and the Seahawks say, okay, we're going to negotiate with all four teams, the Seahawks are going to take the best deal. Right, and neither the Saints nor the Broncos can offer the best deal Correct. in terms of capital. But let's look at what the Broncos can offer, the Saints, the Giants, and the Eagles can offer. The Broncos can offer plenty of cap space in order to bring him in. They are hands down in the best spot of any of these teams in order to bring him in. They have, you know, you might disagree, not you, but listeners might disagree. They essentially have a ready-made team and a young team and key players under contract. Wilson would also have the opportunity to help pick his head coach, which I believe would be Dan Quinn because of their relationship in Seattle. And the relationship between Dan Quinn and George Payton is strong. What's it going to cost the Broncos? That's what we will get into in a minute. For sure, likely two first-round picks, probably two second-round picks, a fourth, maybe, and a player. Let's look at the Saints situation. Their cap space is absolutely in shambles. It's a disaster. Okay, But 
This And you can always find a way to move money around. But they have Sean Payton, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, but they are an NFC team. Let's go with the Giants, and this is where it gets interesting with the Giants and the Eagles. The Giants have not had a good season, as most people know. They happen to have two first-round draft picks this year. Likely both will be top 10 picks. At this moment, those picks are 6 and 7. 6 is the pick they got from the Bears, the Justin Fields trade. 7 is their own. Right. Also, I can't imagine that the Giants are going to keep their head coach, especially if Russell Wilson doesn't want him. And maybe Wilson could help pick his own coach in New York. Plus, his wife is a singer, and New York's a pretty good spot if you're in the entertainment world. They could also trade Daniel Jones to the Seahawks, if that's what the Seahawks wanted. He is under control, cost-friendly. But the Giants are an NFC team. The Eagles are interesting. They have three first-round picks. So if that's the trade Seattle wants to make, Seattle's going to have four first-round picks. What is interesting, though, that right now they have picks 12, 13, and 17. 12 from is their own, 13 originally Miami's, 17 originally Indianapolis's. And on the draft value chart, the Giants' two picks are 3,100 points, mm-hmm. the same exact value as the three first-round picks next year the Eagles have, at least based on their value today. Today. Now, the only problem with inheriting three first-round picks in a draft that doesn't have a franchise quarterback is that all three of those first-round picks, along with Seattle's first-round pick, will all come up at the same time, essentially, in four or five years, likely five years. But here's a big thing. The Eagles could trade Jalen Hurts to the Seahawks, and they would have a quarterback already. And Jalen Hurts has proven this season to be a pretty good quarterback for the Eagles. Eagles, NFC team. Now, what do the Broncos have to do to make themselves front runners? First thing they have to do is they probably have to be willing to sacrifice potentially two years of first and second round picks. So you're probably talking about two twos, and maybe you just say we're gonna, you're going to send both your second-round picks in this year's draft, the one you got from the Rams and your own, and you just kind of blow, you could say we're just going to blow off the, this year's. You're going Ricky round. Williams essentially. You're basically going Ricky Williams, meaning you're trading your whole right. draft. Although you're not trading your whole draft, the Saints, knowing, Mike Ditka, traded their whole draft. Knowing George, literally. knowing George Payton, the way he operates, if he makes a deal like this, he tries to get the team that makes the deal to throw in some sixth and seventh rounders, right? Just to have a high raw number of picks, which is something he still values, right? I think that if the Eagles are part of the equation and the Giants are part of the equation, the Eagles have three first-round mm-hmm. picks and Jalen Hurts, how do you compete with that? And I don't think a pair of firsts and a pair of seconds is going to get it done. It doesn't, especially when you consider that if you get, if you make deal with the Eagles and you get three first-round picks, I don't believe Seattle would hang on to all of them no. this year. I imagine there would probably be some trades with teams that wanted to, say, move up to the teens and pick a defensive player they love. It's going to be a great edge rusher class, for example. And there's a long history of pretty good teams that will trade a future first-round pick to move up, say, 10 to 15 spots and get their edge rusher. So I would imagine that Seattle would 
divest themselves of at least one of those picks for this year to get an extra first-round pick in the following year. And then, if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, you have probably your own first-round pick plus one that you got in a trade in 23. So you'd be in good position to take advantage of the draft class that would include Bryce Young from Alabama, C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. So in other words, you would have kind of two possibilities here. You give Jalen Hurts a year to see what he can do. If he doesn't do well, you have the draft capital to go get your quarterback in the following year. That's why the Eagles, on multiple levels, really do make the most sense if all things are equal. Right. Now, which team, if you're Russell Wilson, is the best fit? To me, it's hands down the Broncos. And I don't even think it's close. I really, really don't. Well, you also rallied off the the town on the Saints, though. I understand. And Sean Payton. I understand all of that. But here's the difference. Sean Payton's a great coach. Russell Wilson will not only get the head coach that he really wants, because he gets to essentially pick it, right? But he might get the offensive coordinator that he wants as well. Yes, you have Alvin Kamara, and he's fantastic. And I'm not suggesting Javante Williams is. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas is great, but would you rather have one Michael Thomas or a Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and a Tim Patrick? What would you rather have? Well, Michael Thomas is by far the most proven and successful of that group. But he's Not also, arguing that. Yeah. Do you want one option or do you want three? You want, you want three options, ideally. Yep. But one thing that we do know is that it really isn't all that hard to find really good productive receivers. Well, you're not going to if you're the Saints because you're not going to have any money to spend. You're going to have to restructure about nine deals. You're going to have you're going to have to and and find it in the draft and you're going to sacrifice draft capital. Right. But so, so you're going to be giving up a lot in the draft and you have no money to spend. I wouldn't want to walk into a situation like that just because I want to play with Sean Payton because you're going to be giving up. A couple of firsts. I mean, who were Drew Brees' second and third receivers a lot of those years in New Orleans? I mean, I think... How many Super Bowls did they win in the last couple of years? Well, not in the last couple of years, but they did win one in 09. Okay. Well, okay. 12 years ago, yeah. when they weren't in the same cap situation, when they had different players. most Probably half that roster is retired by now. We're talking about the last couple of years. I mean, that Drew Brees contract has killed their salary cap. They have to restructure about eight to ten contracts. At least. And it doesn't mean all of them are going to be able to be restructured. And then you're going to lose draft picks. And, oh, by the way, inheriting Russell Wilson's salary, who are you going to go out and get in free agency? You're stuck with what you have. If you're Russell Wilson... It would be all about wanting to play with Sean Payton calling the plays and the proven commodities that are Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. Whose defense do you like better, the Saints or the Broncos? See, that's where it's interesting because both of them are probably about equal in talent right now. Yeah. The Broncos at this moment have a better defensive schemer in Vic Fangio. Well, he's not going to be here. But that's the point. Does this defense take a hit if they go to another, de- another me, defensive coordinator me, who does things different tactically? Let me point something out to you, though, because the Broncos have cap space to sign guys. You know, Caden Stearns is going to be back. Same with Justin Simmons. Same with Pat Sertan. Okay, Bradley Chubb's here for at least another year. Draymond Jones, is he coming up? 
after next year. There you go. So you have him for next year, right? You're, you're going to find a way to bring back. Well, you have Browning, rookie contract. Cooper, rookie contract. You have Darby, who's under contract. I'd be willing to bet a bunch of those guys who are need to restructure. Those guys are on the defensive end, and all that. If you're saying the talent is equal, maybe not all those guys want to come back and take less money. So now they've taken a hit, right? Maybe. Yeah. But I would also say, I mean, you may we may be overestimating the talent on this defense. I mean, and no offense to Bradley Chubb, but he hasn't had six, he he's gone six games without a sack. And yes, he's been battling injuries this year, but still, right? It's, it's fair to one. It's it's fair to wonder at some spots if the Broncos' talent level isn't as high as we believe it is on the defensive side. With that, uh, you know how I like my analogies. Let's just say that Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Sean Payton are a big, beautiful house, right? Well, once you buy that house, and that's Russell Wilson, you're not going to have any money for furniture. And that includes the cap and draft picks. So you're living in a big, beautiful, potentially somewhat empty house. Well, look, I agree with you that this is the better situation than the Saints. Yep. But it's again. No, the Broncos ha- are a better situation. That's what I mean. The Broncos are a better situation than the Saints. I agree with this. Yep. But we don't know that Russell Wilson feels that way. We don't know he how may he, he may look at Sean Payton. With Kamara, with Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara are on Hall of Fame trajectories, okay. based on their careers. Right. Sean Payton, he could be a Hall of Famer. He may look at that and say, "Yeah, they've got these cap issues, but I can, re- I-, I can surround myself with proven greatness." I can, I can surround myself with a dispensable position at running back, and you can find a wide receiver. I understand how great they are. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. But what happens if just one and of those another, guys get injured? And there's another just thing. One. When they're healthy, the Saints do have a better offensive line. They have that, like they have Taron Armstead and right. Ryan Ramchick at the tackles. Now they're hurting right now, right. which is one of the reasons why they're falling apart. Actually, right. it's probably the biggest reason, right. even bigger than losing Jameis Winston. But right. – that's another thing that may appeal to him is the fact that you go to New Orleans and you look and you've got Pro Bowl, all pro guys at both tackle spots. All right, coming up after the break, after the KC game, a bunch of the players said they're looking at the last five games of the season as playoff games. Vic Fangio was asked about this and he said, yeah, it's a playoff game. All of these games are playoff games. So if that's the case, we should see the absolute best from this team moving forward, right? Every game should be nearly flawless. Special teams should be outstanding. Really? And same with the defense. and The passing game should be great. There are teams that have played absolute crap playoff games. We'll talk about that next. Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. 
Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Heather Taylor at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has a nine-person team over 50 years of experience. And I got to tell you something, finding the right location for your business, that is a big decision. That's why you need to work with impact commercial real estate. And what I really like about what they do is they are creative and they really think out of the box. There are too many realtors out there that are so cookie cutter that if it's not done a certain way, well, I guess we just won't be able to get the deal done for you. Deals don't fall through with them because they always try and find a way to make sure that their buyer or their seller, somebody's looking to lease, they get their clients what they want and what they need. So if you're buying, selling, or leasing, highly recommend you go with Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. You can find them online, impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Okay, after the Chiefs game, a bunch of the players said in the locker room that they are, you know, looking at the last five games of the season as playoff games. Vic Fangio was asked about that today, said he feels the same way. Of course, he's going to say the same thing. With that, we hear this phrase all of the time. And now I'm going to kind of put my foot down because you hear this all the time. Good. Then you should be pretty much be playing flawless football for the rest of the year. This passing game is going to have zip. You're not going to make the same mistakes that you always do on special teams. You're going to really have attention to detail. Teams aren't going to run all over you, pass all over you. You're going to be playing your best ball of the season. You know why, Mace? Because if you don't, then I guess you're not a playoff team. Yeah, and there are some teams that are playoff teams playing playoff games, and they completely crap the bed. You can have a playoff mindset, and you can still play terribly. Right. Yeah. I mean, last week, Justin Simmons said it was the biggest game of his career. And now it's the the, the thing you're hearing is it's, it's like a playoff. It's like a playoff week. It's almost like yeah. you're running. It's almost like there's a checklist of things to say. Must win, and then it's like a playoff game. Right. And, and then, Biggest game here's of the my thing. career. Right. But here's the thing. If you lose a playoff game, what happens? You're done. Right. So it goes from must win to being like a playoff game. That It's, it's kind of like how, you know, sometimes when you fly southwest, there's full and there's completely full. Mm-hmm. Like there's like, they oh, we have a full flight. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that all the seats are taken. Then completely full is we have a completely full flight. Right. So if you see a middle seat and you're getting in the C group, you better take it. Right. So must win is a full flight. Like a playoff game is completely full. But you know what? And then you, but the thing is, you lose a playoff game. What happens? You're done. It's over. But you know what? The truth is they still have margin for error. Yeah. They could lose this game and win the next four. Right. In theory. Right. There is still margin for error for them. And I hope none of the guys are looking at it that way. But I will say this. You can make the case, and I don't think any reasonable person would disagree with me. This is easily the most winnable game left on their schedule. Mm -hmm. So they better win this one. I think the thing is, it's not that they're technically eliminated if they lose this game. It is the feeling that will envelop not only the fans, but I think to some degree on some level the team as well. That 
if you can't beat Detroit at home, right? You might as well just pack it in. You're done. Book your tickets to Cabo right now. Yeah, you're going to be on the flight on January the 10th. There's going to be no hanging around after that game. Do your exit physicals the day after you play the Chiefs, and then it's Cabo, it's Vegas, it's Maui, wherever the heck you want to go. Australia, who cares? It's so that's that's the thing. I mean, it's tech. Yeah, you can afford to lose this game, but if they lose this game, you're asking a team to win four games in a row. And correct me if I'm wrong. But the last time the Broncos won four games in a row. They have won three in a row. Yeah, but the last time they won four in a row, mm-hmm. you've got to go all the way back to immediately after Super Bowl 50 when they opened the 2016 season with four straight wins. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't like going back in that history because that team is not this team. No, but I'm not, it's, it's no, irrelevant. No, I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying it's relevant because of the fact that you haven't won four games in a row in that long, what makes you think all of a sudden you're going to pull that rabbit out of the hat? Especially if you lose to the friggin' Lions, who can barely get out of their way most of the time. And that's the thing. Like you hear, you hear things being said like, "Oh, the Lions are a good team." Like that, Fangio it, said that. Yeah, today. he said it's, it's coach speak. If they're a good team, how in blazes are they one ten and one? If they're a good team, there are no bad teams in the NFL. Empirically, objectively. This is a bad team. Right? Yeah. Now, he's not going to say that. No. But, I mean, but there are other ways you can say it. But saying they're a good team, I mean, come on. Looking at their final. Don't, don't, don't sell that. Don't sell that crap to anybody. They're 1-10-1. Looking at their final four games, they're all against teams fighting to get in the playoffs. Broncos? Yeah. yeah. So, with that, the teams they're playing they look at the Broncos game like a playoff game, too. Sure. They have tons of motivation to want to win the game. Do the Lions have any motivation? No. Actually, they don't. They already won their game. And that might be the only game that they win. It would not surprise me at all. The guys are not happy in the Lions locker room. Don't get me wrong. They're disgusted by the way their season went. But they just got the biggest monkey off their back. They won the Super Bowl in their minds, on Sunday, which was a win, not the biggest one of the season. Avoiding being winless. Like, they are, you know, no one wants to go down as one of those winless teams. I mean, if you go, it used to be one, you know, one in 15. Now now for them, it would have been like one 15 and one with a tie. If you have a one in front, at least a one in the win column, you're bad. But you're forgettably bad, at least kind of in the national zeitgeist. You go winless, you get remembered for the wrong reasons. It means like it means every ten years or so, people are calling are calling you up to say, "Hey, uh, we're looking back at the uh, 16 and one Lions of 2021." It mean it, it's something you carry with you to some degree for the rest of your life. Right now, that's done. And by the way, it's interesting, and I'm going to have a piece in the DMVR.com on this coming up later this week. Teams that go half a season without a win before they finally get their first win, when they win close at home emotionally, the way the Lions win, usually there is a huge letdown the next week. Right. I 
I expect that kind of what you said. They got their win. They got the monkey off their back. I expect we'll see them not on point. And I don't I I don't expect we will see a good Lions team on Sunday. I don't think we will either. Coming up after the break, will we see a good Nuggets team tonight against the worst team in basketball or one of the worst teams in basketball? I don't want to go totally by record. The Nuggets are going to be getting back somebody tonight and they're going to be losing a key player tonight reportedly. We'll talk about that next with Harrison Wind from thednvr.com. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to impactcommercial.co. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Harrison Wynn from thednvr.com. Of course, he covers the Nuggets, and he joins us on the show to humor us uh, whenever he has the opportunity. How are you, Harrison? <laughs> I don't think I'm that funny, Eric, but pleased to be on with you guys. No, humoring us means you, you, you know, you, you're just trying to be nice. You, I'm not, toler- you tolerate us, right? Is what we're saying right. I'm not saying you're. Fun- I'm not saying you have a good sense of humor. Is that what you thought okay. I meant? Uh, I just wanted to make sure that isn't what you meant. Okay, I, I got you. I got you. I'll tell you what would be humorous though is if the uh, Nuggets going to New Orleans tonight, they're getting ready to play, and they lose to a team that has lost, or excuse me, has won seven games. But going to this game, it is my understanding, Bones Highland will be back. But Will Barton, from what I understand, will not play for a non-COVID illness. How much is that going to affect this game? It's going to hurt Denver a lot because, yeah, you get Bones Highland back, that's going to help the bench unit, but... Will Barton is also on that bench unit. He's kind of the leader of that group. So the bench has been really rough the entire season. Uh, Denver hasn't found a solution for it. But I-, I think if they have everybody healthy, that there's a workable lineup there. But Will Barton's a big part of that. So it definitely hurts big time. Is this? I mean, obviously they were going to be without Jamal Murray for a while. We we know that uh, going into the season, but. Uh... The injuries and what this has done to the bench, is this really kind of beyond a realistic expectation for what a team would have had in terms of an injury rate going into the season? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty unprecedented from from what I've seen. Uh, They've already had two guys get injured and are out for the season pretty much, and Michael Porter and P.J. Dozier, two guys who they counted on for heavy minutes. Then you got the Jamal Murray thing. You got other COVID stuff, injuries here and there. There are injuries in the sport, and that's just one thing about the NBA. But this has been pretty unprecedented, I think. I do believe there, there's a workable bench line up there with Bones Highland, with Will Barton, with Zeke Naji, And then it's about finding 
the right other two pieces. I don't know if both those pieces are on the roster right now, but the injuries have made this season be be a grind so far. And the worst part about it is it's probably going to be this way for a bit because, like I said, those two guys are out for the year most likely, and Jamal Murray's not back for a couple months still. What's your definition of a bit? A bit for me is like a week. Bit, bit from what I think you're talking about. I don't think Jamal Murray is coming back in February. I think his earliest is March. I think they're going to be going through this for another three months. Yeah, and when you think about it in that way, and you think about the toll it could take on Nikola Jokic for these next three months, it's daunting. And I think maybe a positive or a silver lining is he's already missed some time with a wrist, which I don't know if that's a silver lining because it seems like it's still bothering him, but he's gotten some games off. And so, you know, he hasn't played the minutes load that you would think he had already with all the bodies Denver's been out. So uh, from that perspective, you think he's still probably a little fresher than he would be normally if he had played in all these games. But, uh, I mean, Denver's back is up against the wall because they need Nikola Jokic to not just play a good game. They need him to play a great game every night to just get over 100 points. And get a win. And yeah, it could be like this for a while. After the Bulls game on Monday night, Michael Malone uh, said, quote, maybe he talked about like showing film, said maybe show a couple clips in there we have to be better at, things we have to adjust, and then maybe show a positive here or there. Maybe it's taking too long. Maybe we got to get our guys out there earlier. Maybe we got to bring in Tony Robbins to talk to the team at halftime, unquote. Now, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of vague, but do you expect that he will do some different things? If so, what might they be? I mean, the, the, what he was talking about was these weird beginning of the third quarter struggles where Denver starters have really gotten outplayed, which which is weird because the Nuggets starting lineup has been still very good, you know, even without Michael Porter and, and with Jeff Green in there. He's been a nice fit, it's turned out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been weird. These last couple games, the beginning of the third quarter stretches have, have not been great. And it's rough because like I said, the Nuggets need Nicole Jokic to play great. They need their starters to play great because the bench has been so inconsistent and you can't guarantee that you're going to get even just even stretches from that second unit. So they need their starters to be great. The beginning of the third quarters have been, have been weird. I think it's just on like Nikola Jokic to make sure the rest of his guys are ready to play out of halftime. We're talking with Harrison Wynn. He joins us every once in a while when he says, fine, I have nothing else better to do. Of course, he's with thednvr.com. Notice I said the, Mace? Yes. Okay. I do notice you said that. Okay. All right. And, of course, Harrison covers the Nuggets. The, the, the. Okay. Mike Malone isn't asking for my opinion or your opinion. But if you could make one change to the starting lineup, what would it be? I don't think the starting lineup needs to be changed. I think starting lineup's fine. The, the rotation change I would make, the rotation change I would make, is to take Jermichael Green out and put Vlako Chanchar in. Jermichael Green's been awful the entire season, and it's not like we're a couple weeks into the year where you know twenty plus games into this thing. And he's a veteran whom alone trusts, but I, I would take him out of the rotation, give him a week off, let him reset, and, and, and put Vodka in there. 
Are there any other changes you'd, you'd make as well? I mean, if you were just kind of putting the piece around, or is that really the only one that uh, needs to be done? That's the one I've got. I want to see Zeke Naji play more minutes. Mm-hmm. I think Bones Highland's going to be playing a lot now yep. just because of how undermanned they are. I don't think the starting lineup is the problem, though. Like I said, Jeff Green's been actually a really good fit there, and I don't think there's a lot of moves that they could possibly make with those starters just just because of how thin they are. So uh, until, you know, maybe you get to the trade deadline, you make a move, uh, you're kind of stuck with what you got. Okay. Let's look ahead on the schedule just for fun from the people sure. from the people you have talked to. Give me a date just for the sport of it when you think Jamal Murray's going to come back. I'm looking at around the All-Star break, end of February. So really? maybe a little earlier than you were thinking. Wow. Okay, can we split the difference and go March 4th? Will that work for you? Sure. Okay. Sure, let's do it. So that gives them, I don't know, let's see. This is great talk radio here. 1, 2, 3, 4, <laughs> 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Let's just call it an even 20 games. All right? So if they have 20 games to go and Jamal Murray comes back, and remember, he's, he's not going to be in basketball shape. What do you? Th- how many games over 500 do you think the Nuggets will be before Jamal Murray comes back, because reinforcements are not on the way. If I had to guess, I'd say they're about what they are now—a 500 team. I'll mm. say they go about 10 and 10 in these next 20 games mm. without Jamal Murray. And you think it really kicks up that much with him coming back right away, or it's going to take more than a few games? Don't you think? And, and oh, Mo- for sure. Yeah, Malone's not going to want to push him out there for like 35 minutes. Oh, for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not too like optimistic about um, these next 20 games. I, like The hope is you know, Jamal comes back and he can ramp up somewhat quickly by the time the playoffs roll around. The good news is the Nuggets are 11-12, and 12, a game under 500. They're only a game and a half out of – fourth place in the West. The West as a whole is really down this year. It's really mediocre. So if I'm Denver, that's my goal. Stick around 500 and then see if you can make something happen after the trade deadline when when Jamal gets back. That's my mindset if I'm Denver. Just stay close to 500. Well, you you kind of hit on something there, I think, because you said the West is really kind kind of middling and mediocre at this point. So even though the Nuggets have absorbed the injuries that they have and they they won't have Michael Porter Jr. back, have your expectations for what this team can do in the postseason, have they been recalibrated or because the West is down, are they about the same as they that you might have had going into this season? I, I think the West is down, but you've still got elite teams. The Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, uh, I think those are three pretty elite teams. My expectations for like the Nuggets' playoff ceiling definitely took a hit w- without Porter because you, you guys know this. I thought Denver's chance to contend this year, just because you don't really know who Jamal's going to be when he comes back, their best chance to contend was with Michael Porter Jr. taking a leap. It, it was really, for me, mostly hinging on that. So I think Denver's got – a a much lower playoff ceiling now than I thought they did coming into the season. 
Um, they just got to hope and pray that, that Jamal can make a medical wonder happen and, and come back and look like the guy we've seen at times in the playoffs. Harrison, always appreciate your time. Don't forget to check out Harrison's work on thednvr.com, and you can get his podcast as well. Thanks, my friend. Have a great night. Thanks, Harrison. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? The Nuggets got a win in Madison Square Garden over the weekend, and now, this evening, the Colorado Avalanche at that same venue taking on the New York Rangers, a streaking hot New York Rangers team. So we will discuss that matchup next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Just Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. It is dinner time, and what you thinking about? You know what I think about probably too much is going to Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. I absolutely love their menu. I always try and get the smoked rings, and they're like these huge. I mean, they're like they're like huge tires on a SUV. And they're the biggest and best onion rings I've ever had. But that's just to start, right? I like the ale and cheese soup. It is fantastic. Fish and chips, that's always a good call. I tell you about the chicken marsala all the time. Notice I haven't talked about barbecue at all. Because the barbecue is ridiculous. But you can get non-barbecue items there as well. With that, I want to bring in the namesake of Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Dave, how are you? Good. How you doing, Eric? Okay, so it is the holiday season. People are going to be doing parties. We catered our Halloween party from Smoking Dave's. What kind of options do people have when they cater from you guys? Well, we're doing uh, whole turkeys. Um, you have to. I suggest getting a, an order in as soon as possible because uh, turkeys are a little limited on our vendor side. And then we're also doing a spiral cut ham, and both are smoked and served with. Uh, with some great, uh, great uh, gravy and 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 um, and rubs, and then we can put together a complete meal for you with sides, and so we have we have some a lot of options for you. Okay, so let's go with the turkey. What kind of sides do I sure. want with that? Obviously, the mac and cheese. I'm definitely going. So don't try and convince me I can't do the mac and cheese. So that's what I'm doing for sure. Give me some others. <laughs> I think that's definitely a go-to. I think you have to have our mashed potatoes. I think it goes perfect with our jalapeno cheddar uh, gravy that we make in-house. Um, also, our uh, southern-style green beans that we saute with onions and smoked bacon, I think, is a is a really necessary item. And I think, uh, you know, if you want baked beans, I think, you know, go, go a little untraditional and do some baked beans. Okay, and you and I have talked about it before. You had a, a chef's life outside of barbecue, what are you going to pair with the ham? What am I going to pair with the ham? I think uh, collard greens would go fantastic with the yeah, ham. I think yeah. you have to have some sweetness. You have to have some savory. Um, so, again, our baked beans, I think it's a great go-to. I think when those beans kind of spill onto that ham, 
and being able to take a bite just with a piece of ham and some baked beans. I think that's a great, great combination. Um, our spiced apples would be fantastic with that as well. Um, but I think you always have to have mashed potatoes. I think that's a pretty good staple. Yeah. Now, I say this all the time, and people probably think I'm kidding when I say this. When you, when you walk into a barbecue place, honestly, the the dessert is like a cookie wrapped in saran wrap. And it's garbage. And you know you're it's garbage when you're buying it, but it's sitting there on the counter, so you'll spend a couple of bucks on it. I think people could walk into Smoke and Dave's and just go for dessert. So give me a dessert with the with the turkey, give me a great dessert with the ham. I think the ham. I got to go with our uh, our apple cobbler. Okay. I think it, it would it would be a fantastic finish to that meal. And um, I think our bread pudding. Would oh, be a so great good! Addition to That's someone having going. our uh, turkey. That's where I was going. <laughs> that is so stinking good. It is, and that whiskey cream sauce. Sorry, kids. Right, yeah. Sorry, kids. You can I taste the whiskey. You can taste the whiskey, <laughs> and that's totally cool by me. With that, where do people find you? Just to dine in, to carry out, or to cater? Check out our website, smokingdaysbarbecue.com. Lists all of our locations, all of our phone numbers, and uh, it will list our hours as well. Dave, if we don't chat, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Same to you, buddy. I take care. You too. All right, time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Colorado Avalanche at New York Rangers tonight, 5 o'clock p.m. puck drop, and Darcy Kemper supposed to be between the pipes for Colorado, returning from that upper body injury. New York, very hot right now. They've won their last seven. They are 8-1-1 at Madison Square Garden. But the Rangers are on the second night of a back-to-back after beating Chicago 6-2 last night on the road. So they had to travel. The Avalanche had a day off in between their travel and their last game. What are your expectations for the Avalanche in New York tonight? Well, I think it'll be interesting because... The Rangers have been playing great defensively. They've gotten great goaltending. In their last, I think it is, seven games, they've given up, or six games, they've given up seven goals. And the Avs are coming in hot offensively. So that is really what to watch. I think the over-under is six and a half goals in that game. That's what I saw, yep. And I I would take the over on that. I, I, I would take the over on that. Interesting thing on the Rangers, of course, you mentioned the back to back. They've actually gotten five points from the three games they've played in the second half of back, of back-to-back. So I don't think that necessarily hurts them. I think Darcy Kemper being it back in net will help the Avs enough to get him the dub. Just in case you missed it, Tiger Woods has announced that he will play in the PNC Championship with his 12-year-old son Charlie next week. It's a 36-hole event for major champions and a family member. For the first time since the tournament began in 1995, a current number one player will be in the field as Nellie Korda of the LPGA will play with her father, Peter, a former Australian Open tennis champ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas and his dad, Mike, are the defending champs. What competitive event 
Would you want to team up with either a child of yours or one of your parents to compete in? It doesn't have to be sports. It could be whatever you like that you think you and a family member would excel in. I mean, the obvious thing is the potato sack race, right? Mm-hmm. I'd go with uh, arm wrestling. I think I would do arm wrestling. I think my father uh, would, would, would hold up. Uh, but my father and I never played tennis together. We never played golf together. Yeah. So it, it's hard for me to answer that because I, I wouldn't necessarily say baseball mm-hmm. because it really has to be a twosome. But my father really wasn't much of a golfer. He didn't play tennis. I play both. Yeah. <clears throat> but I wouldn't be able to play with my dad. I'd probably, I'd probably play tennis with my mother. Okay. Because my mother was a very good tennis player. That's what I would do. Yeah. Or, or we would play cards. My parents are excellent card players, so we play a partner game. And I've really, I, I have, I take after my parents when it comes to cards. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So if we had to team up in bridge or something euchre, something where you played in a team, we'd we'd be very good in that. You. Potato sack race. <clears throat> Potato sack race. My daughter's nice. She's still kind of figuring out what she wants, to, likes to do yeah. in that regard. So yeah. it, I can't really say like a card game or she's a really good dancer, but I'm, I stink at dancing, so that won't, that won't work. And I can play golf with either of my kids. My my son is more accomplished. Uh, Mia's just starting, but I would love to play golf with either one of them. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, that was uh, Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store and uh, try out the appliances before you buy them, not to mention uh, their sales staff. They, they can really help you find what you need. You go to those big box stores, honestly. Someone is going to sell you an iPhone case and then maybe a refrigerator. That's not the type of customer service you want. You want to work with people who understand the appliances that you need. Mountain High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, Vic Fangio talked about the passing game today, saying it needs to improve. No kidding. How is it going to improve? We'll talk about that next. <laughs> 